What do you think of getting Larry Sanders have a do-over, Nelson? What if you were to go back in time and tell Larry Sanders, hey, dude, you're going to go to a club one night, and what you're going to do is you're going to take a champagne bottle, and you're going to throw it at someone, and you're going to bust your hand up. And also, Larry, to quote Stephen A. Smith, stay off the weed and put down the bong and stop the art for a little bit and focus on basketball and the Bucks. <laughs> Would you give Larry Sanders a do-over? Larry Sanders. <laughs> I was a big Larry Sanders fan. I was I was I liked Larry Sanders a lot. So there's there's a suggestion. Larry Sanders a do-over. I but here's the thing though, if you give Larry Sanders a do-over and he, you know, his career turns out a little better, do the Bucks ever get Giannis Adendokumbo? You gotta think of the domino effect or the butterfly effect. If you've seen the movie with Ashton Kutcher, I have. Good movie, and that fat guy who's now a skinny yoked yeah. guy. Have you seen him? Yeah, I have. He's like he's now he's like a muscle man. Yeah, he was also in Remember the Titans. Yeah, he was. <laughs> that guy was uh, that guy was like a phenomenon in the late '90s, early 2000s. Or if if we're talking bucks and what ifs, what if they never trade away Ray Allen for an old Gary Payton? And I think Desmond Mason was in on that trade too. But yeah, man, I would love to have Ray Allen still on the well, not now, but at the time on the Bucks. A young Ray Allen. <sighs> what could have been, dude? So yeah, we have uh, them coming in. Jabari Parker was one. Big Joe said he'd help him play defense, teach him the ways. Another one. Tommy said it. Our guy Becker said it. Ryan Braun's press conference when he said the truth is I'm innocent. Instead of saying that, just come clean and say, yeah, I did it. Here's why I did it. Uh, all I can do is ask for your forgiveness. I think we'd all feel differently about Ryan Braun. A lot of us would be. Uh, Larry Sanders, like I said, another one. I'm going with, I think, Alex Hornibrook. I'm still thinking about it. Our guy, uh, LitBucky92. First, he says, shout out to all the barbers out there. I got faded last night. His barber, not drinking. He got faded, and he wanted to give her a big old kiss. Social distancing, LitBucky. By the way, speaking of social distancing, I went out yesterday. And I went and, you know, threw around a little money for my local businesses that have been struggling. I went to the vintage here on the west side. I sat on the patio, Nelson. I had myself an anytime drink of Bloody Mary, my wife and I. I'd say uh, there's probably about eight to ten other people there. Every other table, the waiters and waitresses were wearing masks. Everyone practicing social distancing, everyone practicing, obviously, healthy living. And guess what? I didn't die. Here I am today. I didn't die. I didn't die. I just enjoyed a Bloody Mary out on the patio with my beautiful wife. And it honestly felt really good, dude. I didn't die. Give it two weeks. (laughs) I'm going to go out on a limb and say in two weeks, I will still be here. Breathing. Kicking and screaming, man, on these airwaves. All right, so if you have one when it comes to a do-over, let me know. Our guy, Aaron Knudsen, one of the Stoughton boozers. Russell Wilson in the 2012 Rose Bowl. Would you go back in time and give Russ a do-over in that Rose Bowl? I mean, dude was balling. Yeah, but to me, that's not that's not one where Russell Wilson could play much better in my mind. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like That, that was, was just an epic game. That was just the Wisconsin defense was too slow to shut down the Oregon offense. Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, he was everyone was balling. That was just one of those epic games, you know? Uh, let's see here. Lit Bucky then says, after he gave a shout-out to all the barbers out there, 
giving him that fade. I need a fade. I think I'm growing my hair out, though. Lit Bucky says, here's the do-over I would do. Trent Grisham. Is it Clark or Grisham? What do we call him now? <laughs> He's Grisham now. He was Clark. Was Trent Clark turned into Trent Grisham. So, yes, I would go back that game against the Nationals, the wild card game. Who would you give the do-over to? Josh Hader to find the strike zone or Trent Grisham to field the ball? I'd have to go with Hader. I, don't, I understand what Lit Bucky's saying, the Trent Grisham do-over. I think I would, I think I would give Josh Hader the do-over in that situation. My mans couldn't find the strike zone to save his life. Remember that? I know you remember that, Rowdy. I try to forget it, but I know I remember and he, it. And he had a whole – he had multiple batters where he, he had, had the ability to try to find the strike zone and he couldn't. Yeah. I mean, Trent, Trent Grisham, that's going to happen every once in a while, and it just so happened to be that time. I guess I'd go back and give them both a do-over. <laughs> I would love to know what the outcome of the game – let's say Hater does what Hater does, and you give Grisham the do-over. I would be very curious to what happened – what would happen in that game. Man. Well, I'll tell you one thing. Obviously, if the Brewers win, the Nationals don't win the World Series. Yep, that's true. That was a one-game elimination. Mm. So close, yet so far. Friggin' four outs, man. I don't think the Brewers go any farther. Who would they have played next? Would have been the I think it was the Dodgers. Dodgers? I don't think they go any farther. But the Nationals wouldn't have won the World Series. No. And what a run for the Nationals. Can we just can we talk about that for one second? Or or if we do if they do beat the Nationals, obviously they don't win the World Series. Do we ever find out about the Houston Astros? Yeah. And big the scandal. scandal. They might have won they probably would have won the World Series if the Nationals didn't beat them. It's the, back to the <laughs> butterfly effect, you know? Back to the dominoes. The Nationals though if wow, isn't that, isn't that an incredible story? You go, you tri- Bryce Harper, no more, and you think to yourself, and weren't the Nationals at one point in the season weren't they weren't they pretty pretty average? Yeah, in May they were they were bad. Yeah, they were bad. Ooh, I have a really good do over Nelson. One moment, if you could do one moment over, it's it's not a player on the field, it's a manager. I'd go whisper in Craig Council's ear. Hey, Craig, don't pull Wade Miley. Game two, NLCS. Don't pull, don't give Wade Miley the early hook. I think right there, that is a huge do-over. If he if he keeps Wade Miley in that game, I still believe the Brewers would have went to the World Series. Yeah, the King says it on Twitch here. I, I rather would have the 2018 NLCS game two do-over. I think I came on these airwaves like oh. the day after bitching about it. Yeah. And a lot of people were upset with me. Well, we were trying to we were trying to have faith and be positive over Craig Council's decision for the early hook. Because if they would have if they would have won that game, they're up two nothing. Yep. Man. Don't pull Wade Miley. Nelson. What could have been, dude? Oh well. Here we are though. <laughs> So many do-overs I want to do. I still think I'm on the Alex Hornibrook bandwagon, though. Of Not, not the Alex Hornibrook's bandwagon. A do, uh, giving him a do-over. Do you think if you go to the Big Ten Championship game 2017 against Ohio State, fourth quarter, and you give Alex Hornibrook that, that last drive the do-over, do you think that if they win that game, 
Do you think that spirals into instead of an eight and five 2018 campaign, it's where they're ranked fourth preseason? Do you think it spurns it into something better? Could. We'll never know, yeah, but it could. It could, but he also balled at the Orange Bowl after that. Yeah, that's true. He did ball at the Orange Bowl. He was the MVP. I feel like if you give him a second shot, he could just find a way to lose it even worse than how he already did. Oh, man. Horny Brook. I think I'd go, I'd go back in time and be like, yo, bro, as much as I love the pub, don't go. Yeah, do you think that uh, that old line's uh, girl would give him a do-over? All right, so we were talking. I just put it up on Twitter. I put it up on Facebook. Very, very simple. From Packers and Badgers to Brewers and Bucks. What one Wisconsin sports athlete would you give a do-over? Could be a moment. Could be a career. Like Big Joe called in, said Jabari Parker. He'd help him learn how to play defense. Larry Sanders, we'd knock the joint out of his hand and the paintbrush out of his other. So you're going to focus a little more on basketball, not getting high and doing art. Maybe, you know, but maybe with the Bucks, I want to be honest. We had another one. I'd say I'd go back and I'd help Josh Hader out against the uh, Washington Nationals in that wild card game and help him find the strike zone. Yeah. Nelson, Nelson says he's got a couple, so I'm going to get him ready. I'm going to say one thing, let RJ think about it before you tell yours. I said I'd go back. I was thinking about the 2017 Big Ten Championship game, and I would help Alex Hornibrook in that final drive for Wisconsin in the fourth quarter. But then Nelly said, well, he went to the Orange Bowl. He was the MVP of the Orange Bowl. So then I thought to myself, I'd go back to the 2018 season when the Badgers were ranked fourth preseason, fourth in the country. Eventually they would go eight and five. I'd go back and I'd help Alex Hornibrook out with his love life or, <laughs> or maybe something else in the season. So you think about it, RJ. Cause I, eight, I have a couple right now. Well, I mean, Nelson's been wait, waiting to chomp at the bit here, so oh, I'm going to give yeah. Nelson his go opportunity. Right ahead. I was just saying. But I'm... I would go back to 2018 and help the Wisconsin Badgers out, specifically Alex Hornibrook. They were ranked fourth in the country. <laughs> fourth. Yeah. And I'd be like, yo, Hornibrook, maybe drop the horny out of your name, and then we'll, something a little better will happen. Well, then we couldn't have done the honk if you're Hornybrook. I was, maybe not drop it out of his name, but maybe drop it out of his mind during certain times. Okay, yeah, that makes I'd sense. i just go help him out. All right, Nelson. Yeah, I've had so many go through my mind, like Bucks just in general trading Ray Allen. <laughs> that, oh. Like, yeah, they really they got, a, on that they got an old George Payton. Gary Payton. Or Gary Payton, sorry. Well, George Payton. I don't even you're know. You're probably thinking of George Hill. Yeah. I was oh, thinking you're, of George Carl. You still had... Uh, Clark Grisham on your mind, so you were like, "Did he change his name?" Yeah, well, they got an old <laughs> oh, Trent Clark or Trent Grisham. Yeah, <laughs> you got an old Gary Payton and a Desmond Mason. Yep, for Ray Allen and others. And, and Ray Gary, Allen is like Gary the, one Payton of the, was gone, and Desmond Mason stayed around a couple more. And years. Gary and like, Ray Allen, the greatest shooter ever in the history of the NBA. That was yeah. one. I mean, he was Jesus Shuttlesworth. Yeah, he you got don't get rid of that guy. You don't get rid of Jesus Shuttlesworth. The TCU game where they didn't start running Johnny Claymore. That was one that I kind of. Oh, I I wouldn't even just I wouldn't redo that game. I'd no. do the one play. It's the not a game. It's oh, athlete. You gotta you gotta yeah. re- help undo or redo a, a career for, and so, a defining so moment for that one. I would give Brett Bielema the redo because he overrode that two point conversion. You go, hey Bert, don't do yeah, this. Don't do this. That's your run the ball. Run the he ball. He just ran like 80 yards on his own on this entire drive. Run the freaking ball. <laughs> then another one that obviously the Ryan Braun was a big one for me. That was yeah. way up there because so he, you would change the press conference. Yeah, he he was one of my favorite players, and I'd be I'd be more willing to cheer for him and and 
be a Braun guy if he came out and said that. Kind of like how I already said with uh, how Andy Pettit came out and said he used HGH to heal his body and admitted to it. Um, All right, so let me ask you. The, the Duke game, Wisconsin-Duke, where Justice Winslow touched it. Okay, but what athlete, uh, what athlete would you I think do, I'm going to finally to? settle on. It's Brett Favre and the 2007 NFC Championship game. Oh, my God, yes. Going back where he throws that pick. Yes. Because, well, one, they would have been in another Super Bowl. It would have been a, another opportunity for him to win his second Super Bowl. <sighs> two, I was told that if they won that game that we were going to get Super Bowl tickets since it was close <laughs> to the end of Brett Favre's <laughs> career, and I'm a huge Brett Favre guy. And two, you can't let the gunslinger go out throwing a pick as his last ever Packers throw. Isn't that kind of poetic, though? I mean, Brett Favre, the NFL history leader in interceptions, the fact that he didn't he went out not once but twice to go to another Super Bowl with an interception is just kind of looking back on it, that's just it's just kind of poetic justice. I don't way. want poetic justice. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want that. I just want a touchdown in the Super Bowl for the win. <laughs> just give me what I want. I just want that. All right, so let me ask you. When it comes to specifically Ryan Braun, and this is what a lot of people have already messaged in. Right now we're getting a flurry of Brandon Bostics, a, a duel. That's another one. Yeah. I specifically have gone out of my way not don't to bring it up it. until right now. God, it is hot in here. It is like a it is sauna steamy. in here. Where is it? It's like wet and hot. It's not like a wet heat is the worst. <laughs> I like my meat wet. <laughs> oh, it is just brutal in here today. What is? Where is the AC? But when it comes to Ryan Braun specifically, would you do over him doing steroids, PEDs, or him going up to the podium to proclaim his innocence? Uh, the proclaiming of the innocence. Same. I Hands down. I'm going to go with the press conference as well because I think Bronny might have been on them for longer than what is known. I would yeah. hands down I mean, go back to that press conference and run out there and be like, yo, yo, I'm on his PR team. I'm on his PR team. Who the hell is this white, pasty, pale guy running on the field? <laughs> like, no, no, I'm on, his, I'm on his PR team. I'll run out there, whisper in his ear. Bronny will be like, who the hell are you, dude? Like, Bron, don't say what you're going to say. Just come clean. And I, It'll work out. Trust me. I'm from the future. Yeah. I remember, and I get back in my DeLorean and peel out. I remember being at uh, the Nitty Gritty downtown before a Badger hockey game, and that came on TV, and he did the Rafael Palmero. I mean, he was like, I didn't do it. This guy screwed up. Blah. I'm like, oh, my the, God, he did it. The truth is I'm yeah. innocent. But, like, the minute I saw and that, that's I just looked at it, I was like, he did it. Because <laughs> he did because it. He, was, <laughs> he was convincing that, oh, man, maybe he didn't do it. Maybe there was something messed up. And then when he tests positive again, yeah. like, a year later. Yeah. Uh, was he convincing, though, in the presser? No. Like, he went when, about it just like all those guys who denied it. And then it was like a couple, then you find out they did it, and they're like, yeah, I did it. Because Nelson brought up a really good point in the 6 o'clock hour of Andy Pettit and Roger Clemens. Yeah. And that's and a Nelson, great say, comparison. Re-say re what you said. In the well, basically, both were great pitchers. Yep. Roger Clemens 
obviously, if you look at his stats, he used steroids. Yes. And his career was prolonged because of it. And Andy Pettit never threw a bat at anybody. <laughs> <laughs> but but he never came out and admitted it. Where Andy Pettit used HGH and then came out and said, yeah, I used it to get healthy. I used it to get back on the field yep. to help my team. And I admit that I used it. Right. And that was Braun's backup plan rather than saying that right away. You like, know? If if Listen. And people, I feel like, still respect Andy Pettit overall yeah, way absolutely. more than Roger Clemens. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. Everyone's like, dude, Roger Clemens, admit it. Yeah. If you admit it and come clean, the people will come back to you and be like, okay, you screwed up. I get it. At least you were truthful and, yep. and were honest about it. Yeah. Like, don't. We're not idiots. Right. The general it's... public, uh, is there a lot of dumb people in the world? Yes. But <laughs> a lot of people Correct. out there... Know when you're lying. And the fact when people continue to lie about something, it's like you treated yeah. us like we're dumbasses. Like we're not idiots. I mean, we know. The only way Ryan Braun could have gotten a pass if, if he pulled like a Sammy Sosa, no habla and glass. <laughs> and it's like, perfectly. what? Yeah. What are you doing, bro? Uh, no, Sammy Sosa, but, also like, cork bat. He, he, Ryan Braun went about that presser the same way Rafael Palmero did. Um, Wasn't that in court though? Yeah, <laughs> but but, what's but worse, that's what I'm saying. In court or in a in a Miller Park doing a press conference? Like, Palmero did it in front of Congress. Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> um, They're both bad. Braun, but he went. It was almost the exact same reaction both of them had. Like I think it was only missing the finger wag, <laughs> and it, it, you're just like, oh my, the weight. Well, okay, when Braun He's was up skirting there. Skirting around everything. When Braun was up there. When you bring in the chain of command on how that your sample was transferred, oh, and the guy's a Cubs fan, I you did it. Well, and when he says this stuff. The simple truth is that I'm innocent. I've maintained my innocence uh, from day one, and ultimately uh, I was proven to be innocent. In seven seconds, he said innocent three times. When you got to keep saying you're innocent over and over and over and over again in the kind of strange stuff, and then you go through the process, like the chain of command, which you're talking about, yeah. and then you start having more excuses of guys being a Cubs fan. When, the, when someone's lying, there's a long stretch of just exaggerated stories. The bigger the story you have, yeah. the, the more I know for a fact you're lying. And I don't know where that FedEx courier guy is right now, but I bet he doesn't work in the same industry he did before. And I guarantee he's not a Braun fan. And at that <laughs> at the time of those press conferences, I'll say I was obviously a huge Ryan Braun fan and young and naive, and I didn't think he did it. Oh, yeah, And I'm not even – you know what oh. I mean? Like I was like, yep, he didn't do this. And then when he test, well, when it came out that, what, a year later that, yeah, this is true, like <laughs> – uh oh, it's like the same sample. What's going on? Yeah, and you know he's guilty. I'm like, man, I just lost so much respect for him. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. If he would have went about it and just used the, and I mean, he eventually did say, you know, I was having trouble recovering yeah, from injuries. This is what I used it for. Which I un- I understand it. I get um, it. Yeah, just come out and say that. And like, perfect point. Andy Pettit came out, said that right away. Uh, his teammates. Like came up to him after the press conference, gave him hugs, all that kind of stuff. You don't really get that no from teammates when you lie. No, when people can 
living a. Some people like so maybe, live these exaggerated Braun's lives. The only one left because everybody wanted to leave, and they were like, "I don't want to be with this guy." The only person that ever kind of worked out for living a lie was George Costanza, and that's Seinfeld. That's did it really work out though? Hey, RJ, it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the man, uh, the marine biologist. Oh yeah. That, uh, initially, it wasn't his lie; it was Jerry's lie. He told it to a, a, an old classmate of was George's. It a yeah. And there's Kramer hitting the title list out in the ocean. So George's like, at least let me tell my own lie because I know what I'm talking about. Let me be an architect. I'm Art Vandelay. I'm an architect or I'm an importer exporter or I work in uh, latex. I'm not a marine biologist. This is, this is new for me. This is not good. And sure as crap, there he is on the beach. On that day, my friends, I tell you, I was a marine biologist. I reached in. Like an old man trying to return a soup at the deli. The sea was angry that day, my friends. Like George Costanza is the only one that could pull off these lies. And that's a, an actor from a script. Yeah. People live these exaggerated lies. I don't know how they keep up with it. Like Ryan Braun, it's like I don't know how you I don't know how you got up there and felt comfortable about it when you knew what you did. And I and I feel like it would be so tough to live with mm -hmm. unless you're kind of just a scumbag. You know what I mean though? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. like it's hard to I know I know people, Nels, I know you know people too. Or that unless live you're a, lie. a great undercover cop. They're or living a, a lie. We we know exactly what the truth is, yet they will never admit it. It's like, dude, I know you're lying. No, I'm not. And I feel no. like it would just weigh on you the whole time knowing that it wasn't true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that's where you you, you kind of have to come out and just be honest, even if it it does suck or it, mm -hmm. it is gonna hurt. Yeah, you kind of have to just be honest, or else if you keep living like that, it's one, it's gonna weigh on you, and two, you just kind of feel like a scumbag. Yeah, have I think it festers. Did you watch the first part of the Lance Armstrong documentary? Oh, is it new? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't oh, know that it was out? on. I thought it was supposed yeah. to be no. this weekend. Uh. Last Sunday was part one. Oh, dude, so I missed it. I I'm thought a I'm a week behind. I thought it started this next part so, two. Same. Part two is, All right, I'm is watch this that Sunday. Tonight, then. Uh, he tell he starts out the documentary by uh, somebody who goes, "Are you going to tell the truth?" He's and he says, "I'm going to tell my truth." So no. And the first thing I thought, have you ever? What's his truth? You ever seen couples retreat? <laughs> yes. Where they're in the counseling <laughs> session and yeah. Vince Vaughn just yells out, "I know my own truth." Yeah. What? <laughs> I forgot about that <laughs> and, movie. So I'm like. I'm like, oh my god, he's gonna tell the most effed up version of what the truth is. I mean, in the first minute of the doc, he says he took yeah. performance enhancing drugs, so he puts that out there. Like his, he basically says, "I'm yeah, gonna clear the air. I did it." Starting at this age, my career was all PEDs. Yeah, and so that's the start of it. And I think that's what people really were looking for. Other than that, it's his story. I was watching um, Lance Armstrong on Joe Rogan, Joe Rogan Experience. Joe yeah. Rogan had him on. And it's a very – and the documentary sounds awesome. I'm going to check that out. I, I'm with Nelson, though. I spaced on my weeks when it was coming out. So but Lance I. Armstrong was very open and honest in the Joe Rogan Experience where I was like, wow. Like, you're, he's kind of pulling the curtain back a little bit. But still, he was a little smarmy about it. Oh, he's absolute smarm in this. Yeah, but it, it still it was nice to hear more from him in kind of an in-depth – kind of way yeah. but he threatened to kill he threatened to have people uh, on his own team and his family members like hurt and or killed yeah it hasn't gotten to that part yet because they That's just pretty got, bad dude they just got to the point the first two hours was through his cancer diagnosis and fight and then his return to professional cycling after that sure. so we haven't even gotten to the winning of the first uh tour de france yet 
So that's the whole second half is the rise and the fall. Man, wasn't remember one that came out that he got popped for PEDs? Wasn't that just like mind blowing? Yeah. Like live strong and all the bracelets. Well, and there and was one where uh, like, whoa, like when he was first coming back, right at the end, talks about like his first positive test, but it was because of some of the drugs he had to take for the cancer thing was the explanation. Yeah. And that's why. Uh, so he, and the fact it was a cream he was taking. Yeah. If it turned out to be a shot, he would have been banned for life. Really? But since it, it was, was a, a cream, cream, it was fine. It's also a topical thing that is given to cancer survivors at the time. And so it was like, oh, that's what it is. Wow, that's crazy. Two professional leagues, sports leagues, going in different directions. The NHL, their commissioner, Gary Bettman, has come out to say the 2019-2020 regular season is over. But they now are transitioning into a 24-team conference-based playoff format when play does resume. They don't have a date when play is going to resume. Uh, but that's coming out sooner than later, they said. And they're going to have two hub cities one for Eastern Conference games and one for Western Conference games. That's going to be announced at a later date. Teams will be limited to 50 personnel in their respective hub cities, and a small number of support staff will also be permitted in event areas. There will be comprehensive COVID-19 testing systems put in place. Uh, phase 2 of the return to play plan is expected to begin in early June. Still no official date, though. Phase 3 will include the start of training camp and is targeted for early July. Phase 4, which also has no target date, will include the return of play with clubs facing off in two hub cities for round robins, qualifying rounds, and then the Stanley Cup playoffs. The NHL is currently considering Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, Edmonton, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Toronto, and Vancouver as hub cities. In this particular playoff format, the top four seeds determined by points percentage in the East would be the Boston Bruins, the Tampa Bay Lightnings, the Washington Capitals, and the Philadelphia Flyers. There's your Capitals, Nelson. And the top four teams in the West would be the Blues, the Colorado Avalanche, 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 Colorado Avalanche, Vegas Golden Knights, and the Dallas Stars. Those eight teams will face off in a round robin in order to determine seeding for the first round. So there you go. And then they break down the five through 12 seeds for each East and West. So there's, there is a plan. How about that? A plan. Yeah. That we can read and we can look at, we can see it, and we can talk about it. And it doesn't have immediate blowback from the players. Like The, the weird, players seem to love it. Yeah, the weird thing, the players, uh, they're really just waiting on the 17% of the league that is international, not in North America, to be able to be cleared to come back and play. That's it. That seems to be what they're waiting on. Yes. Uh, once that happens... Sounds like the NHL will be starting and uh, their three three week mini camp. I think they're doing, uh, and then go sure. into the twenty fourteen playoff. So the first round will be a best of five series format, while the second round will transition to a best of seven, and the conference finals and Stanley Cup finals will also be a traditional best of seven format. So they have a plan, and it, it's looking like it's going to happen. Okay, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I wish we had kind of a team in Wisconsin now because of something to get behind. And then there's this. I love watching playoff hockey. Playoff hockey rules. Game sevens in playoff hockey are like uh, the most heart-pounding things you can it's watch. Awesome. It's great. And then there's this. Hey, by the way, I think the AC is back on, boys. It has seemed to... Uh, it's cooled bro- off a bit. It is... I said at 8.15. Oh, I said at 8.15 we would, it would be on. Man, yeah. It was close. All right, so... It didn't go over. True. 
Price is right at it. True. Price is right at it. Did it did it. Okay. Then there's this. NHL looking good, right? Mm-hmm. Major League Baseball. Not looking good. The league's new economic proposal has left the union, quote-unquote, disappointed, the reports say. They are, and then the Major League Baseball players come out to rip the owners and said, quote, this season is not looking promising. Is this uh, the same as the one we've been hearing about, or is this a new proposal? This is a proposal that they've been talking about for three weeks. Okay, so... They're now in their third week of talks concerning having a shortened 2020 season. This isn't anything new. It's just... This is continuing the conversation of what was put in place three weeks ago. So the same... We've been talking about... Or they say uh, Jeff Passan reports that the highest paid players in Major League Baseball would receive, quote, perhaps less than 40% of their full salaries, while players making the league minimum might get all or most of their prorated salaries based on the numbers of games of the 2020 schedule. Passan also would say the possibility of all players having to take a reduction is part of the league's proposal. So in a full year, well, what do you, first of all, before I read you some numbers, what do you guys think when you hear that the player is saying they're disappointed and it's not looking promising? It's the whole billionaires, millionaires thing, but the sad thing is it makes the players look worse. Yeah, it's it's the fact that they're only playing roughly half a season for mm-hmm. still millions of dollars, and there are people that are still unemployed or businesses that can't open, open up fully, yeah. and it's just really bad optics. Well, and the weird thing is it helps the bottom of the league in, in player terms. It helps clubs being able to function to some extent and be able to make a profit. And yet the top 1% of the players are probably the ones and who are probably player reps are the ones saying, no, I don't want to help Joe Schmo make his more than me prorated uh, minimum. And when you talk about salary. some of the guys that would really be taking the pay cuts, it'd be like the Bryce Harper's where he's getting what, like $30 million a year. Yeah. Where he'd still be coming away with what? Ten. <laughs> It'd be more than that. Yeah. It'd be like twelve. Right. Somewhere in there. But so, after taxes, man. So you don't even know. Here you go. Potential salary <laughs> cuts. Here's the potential salary cuts in Major League Baseball's plan. A full year, and this is this is broken down by monetary value given to the player. A full year if you make five hundred and sixty three and a half thousand dollars. Five hundred and sixty three thousand dollars. That'd be your full year. The proposal you'd make two hundred and sixty two thousand. If you made a million, you'd make instead of making a million for a full year, you'd make four hundred thirty-four thousand for one year, right? Yes. This isn't the rest of your career. For a yeah, so in a full year, a normal year, if someone made two million dollars, they now make seven hundred thirty-six thousand dollars according to this proposal. If you made five million, you'd make one point six four million. In a full year, if you made ten million, now you'd make two point nine five million. Fifteen million, you'd make four point four point oh five mil. If you made twenty million, you'd make five point one five mil. 25 mil in a full year, now you'd make 6 mil. 30 mil, now you'd make almost 7 mil. If you made 35 million in a full year, now you'd make $7.84 million. So if you are lower paid, you'd get a little more. Right. Uh, As opposed to the guys who make buku cash, who would be getting less than 40%. And at this point, it's just one season. Well, technically, it's just half a season. Right. Yeah. Sounds like a salary cap to me. For. A year that it that is pandemic riddled. 
where you're playing roughly half a season. You were supposed to start the last weekend of March. You are now. It's. I don't think it's happening. Two months in. I honestly don't think a season's happening. The no. more the more this goes on, and the more players are getting pissed off about it. It's not. It's I. The, the players are saying the season's not looking promising. So the Mets right hander Marcus Stroman, he was tweeting last and night. And this has become not good. Less yeah. about the virus and more about money. Let's be honest. Yeah. Oh, for sure. So Marcus Stroman last night, Mets right hander. This is some of his tweets. I'll just read them verbatim. He put it out. You can go check it out. STR zero Stro at Stro. He says this season is not looking promising. Keeping the mind and body ready, regardless. It's time to dive into some life after baseball projects. Hope everyone is staying safe and healthy. Brighter times remain ahead. Remain ahead. And he also said on Twitter, praying that we get this figured out and back on the field soon. It's hard to put into words how much I miss the game. Nothing compares to that feeling of excitement and nausea when taking the mound. Been craving that. However, we, and we's capitalized, we must all stay positive and keep good faith daily. No, you aren't. Uh, we got a tweet here from Brett Anderson. Well, I think we all know Brett Anderson, right? But those were the Milwaukee Brewers. He says, interesting strategy of making the best, most marketable players potentially look like the bad guys. That doesn't sound really good, eh? But here, like... He's calling out the owners, saying that he's making the stars look like the bad I, guys. I kind of understand the owner's side. You still have to make a profit. I mean... You, you can't go into a season knowing you're going to lose money. And if you and if they did that, I think a lot of people would see those big league players as like genuine, I don't want to say heroes, but taking that less money to play while people need sports. Yeah, it's easy for us to say that because we're not, you know, have signed a contract to make millions of dollars like that. But to your point, Nelson, if if they were to Listen, the average American, you're getting totally bent over by what's happening right now. You're, you're just getting you're getting rocked. Yeah. Not in a good way. You're not at a concert, like, getting rocked. You can't go to concerts. We're getting rocked in a bad way. Everyone is just getting their asses handed to them. And then here we got millionaires and billionaires bitching about each other, mm-hmm. about playing a game. To Nelly's point, I think you're spot on, Nell. You would look like you would be heralded as heroes. Like oh my god, it's a it'd be a great great bringer together. And and you bring up a good point with concerts and stuff. Look how many artists are doing Facebook Live, oh my WebExes, god, and doing free concerts for people that you can watch online. Right, that they were supposed to be on tour right now. Mm-hmm. So now instead of multiple cities, multiple dates, making millions of dollars, and that yeah, that's where they make a for, lot of their money. They're doing it for free. By the way, right now, uh, streaming online. You want to know some bad news? Ooh, what's that? I mean, I'm not as a guy that loves concerts. I I went to seven concerts in less than a week. Somehow, no, it was, <laughs> it was seven concerts in like eight days uh, last year. As a guy who loves concerts, I'm reading reports now because you know there's a lot of agents out there, booking agents, venues. Yeah. The 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 stuff floating around right now is they're giving up on 2020, the whole year. Yeah. They're giving concert venues and and you know agents. Well, you're almost halfway booking through agents, the year already. Yeah, they said they said we're giving up on 2020. We're focusing on 2021. Yeah, and then you have bands out there, like you said, doing online stuff. I think it's great. I watched a Post Malone one a couple weeks ago where he just did a. It was like a Nirvana tribute. Well, hey, 
here. And it was, we have JJ it was awesome. It was so artists cool. on, and they do some live performances via yeah. Instagram. This, uh, yeah, I've been doing that too yeah. on the, my We're, my station, other station I work for, the Resistance. I've been hosting bands. Yeah, and I'll interview them. They do. They'll play some songs. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. awesome. But they're doing it for free. Yeah. All right. So uh, Dallas Braden, uh, former Oakland A's pitcher, who all now serves as the team's color commentator for NBC Sports California. He quoted Jeff Basson's tweet. So Jeff Basson said, Major League Baseball proposed cuts. I still wish he was on ESPN. He was awesome. He's good. (laughs) Basson said uh, on Twitter, Major League Baseball proposed cuts to the highest paid players in baseball in his first economic proposal to the Players Tuesday. Players turned bristled at the proposal. There's a significant gap between what the league offered and what the players want. So Dallas Braden took that tweet, he quoted it, and he said, it's insulting. Unfortunately, fans will not see this as an attempt by the owners to pit the high-dollar guys versus the league minimum guys. Yeah, do you remember when we had Jeff Cirillo on? Real quick, on the tweet. He says, what's great for the owners is not only do they not care about that, they know fans will view it as the high-dollar guys being selfish and not caring about others. It's because that's what's happening. All right, so what are you going to say, Rowdy, about Well, we had, we had Jeff Cirillo on the other week, and remember you asked him, about what it means for the high-paid guys versus the yeah, when guys he, that are just trying to get by? I was asking, because he came in in 1994, the strike-shortened season, and I said, as a lower-level guy first cutting his teeth, do you think the players' union had your best interest in mind? And remember he said we were basically told to just shut our mouths and... and yeah, just go with it. Yeah. Because so, it's, no, they it's don't. who gets all the mics in their face. They do It's the high-paid yeah. Bryce Harpers. It's the, the high-paid... You know, Mike Trout's. It's all those stars that get all the mics. What do you think? What do you think? It's yeah. not the the guy making $600,000 that's at the end of a rotation. Right. Or whatever. So, I mean, it makes sense that when Major League Baseball comes with a proposal to cut the people or the stars' money that get all the cameras and all the reporters in their faces, yeah, no crap. They're going to come out and say, we don't like this proposal. Because yeah. you're taking the people that have the the people that have the platform to speak on it, you're taking their money away. So yeah, they're not going to like it. I mean, it's it's really why the baseball has the most pampered players. Their union is the least unified because of the big discrepancy between the highest paid guy and the lowest paid guy. Uh, because there is no salary cap, and because of this, yeah, you're not you're not just putting the general public against the highest paid players. Think of how many guys right now, even in the minor leagues, they would love to have a season right now, but they're not getting paid. They got to go find a day job. Oh my god! And I'm going to talk about getting cut. I'm going to talk about Major League Baseball, the minors coming up because they they're not paying them anymore. No, Major League Baseball came out yesterday and said we're not paying you anymore. Hopefully, you had a summer job lined up. Yeah. Oh wait. Oh, they're (laughs) not paying them. It's crazy. It's um, uh, I have tweets from about. I'll, I'll read it to you coming up here. But yeah, back to the topic at hand. Before we get to the minor leagues, those guys are getting royally screwed. If you are a lower level major league baseball player, they're trying to mess with their money the least. Yes, they're messing with the the higher paid guys. So if you make thirty five million dollars, thirty five million dollars, if that's your full year contract. This proposal says you'll make seven point eight four million for one year, just for one year ha- for half a year, but one season. Yeah. Okay, we'll call it one season. Yeah, one season. You'll one make weird season seven point five million. Seven point eight four. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, Which hey, maybe I mean maybe they got a bunch of fish tanks and mansions and stuff that they got to meet their mortgage on, but no one made you go buy a bunch of mansions. Right. 
<laughs> no one made you buy uh, that expensive Plus, there fish won't be. Tank. I mean, even if you couldn't make those payments, if you didn't go and play and you sat out, there ain't no money coming in at all. Right. It, exactly. It's, yeah. I mean, as much as I would like to put some blame on the owners here. Which, which they do get blamed. You still have to remember they're running a business. So, but what makes that keep, business go though? Star players. Great. That's about their company. But in from. order to keep that business alive during a pandemic where no money's coming in, you probably won't have fans. You don't get your concessions. The only thing you're working for right now is that TV dollars. If that comes in, then you can pay people. And guess what? It ain't as much as you would if it was a normal season. So they're seeing it as. Let's see if we can keep our head above water. I'm okay with that. The King says on Twitch, man, how is someone supposed to live on $7 million? Those I know. Guys. I, I think about that. I can't sleep at night. I don't know night. how they do it. I can't sleep at night thinking about how, that question. I don't know how they do it, man. <laughs> how would you live on seven mil? I have no idea. Just got a tweet in from our guy Kevin underscore Uno Mas. What's up, Kev? He's uh, jumping in on the baseball conversation we were just having. And he tweets, as someone who has been working during the pandemic and also got some hours cut, I have no sympathy for the players who are bitching about pay cuts. Owners are trying to bring the game back and pay players something. Hashtag ungrateful. What do you think, Rowdy? Yeah, especially because I'm kind of with him on that. A lot of people have been affected and they're still making millions of dollars and the owners are like, we're going to split it with you 50-50. Yeah, like so. we're not really making anything, you're not really going to make anything, but we want to get out there and play and it's still something. Yeah, um on Tuesday the owners reportedly approved a proposal that was then shipped to the union. Uh their original intent was to put a 50-50 revenue sharing plan on the table, but then the owners instead are saying that they've asked the players to sign off on a sliding scale of compensation. And Do you remember when all this started? When when all this started, wasn't it about the health and well-being of people? Which, I mean, obviously in a and, worldwide and pandemic. To quote some of the players, putting like their lives, lives on the line. And their families' lives at risk. Have you heard anything about this virus or getting sick from it? From the players? Yeah, since then, since the very beginning. I, the only thing I hear now is about money. Yeah, that it's laughable. The offers are laughable. Yeah. You don't hear anything about the virus anymore. No, and I was going to get to that earlier. Good point, Nelson, because it, this initially was, I mean, obviously, sport, everything shut down. We, we all know that. I don't need to reiterate of how COVID-19 has done that. We all, unless you got living under a rock for the past couple months, which I don't know how, but I mean, maybe that's how you're social distancing. But yes, we don't need to explain what happened. But at first for baseball, it was literally about the health and well-being of the players, the people working in the facilities, coaching staff, trainers, you name it, everything. Now, it literally is just the owners who have billions of dollars fighting with the high-profile players who have millions of dollars and then fighting about their contracts. Yep. It's not about... They'll, I mean, they'll still use it under the guise of COVID-19 just because it's still prevalent. I feel like, still here. I feel like there are a lot of different people that are using, using COVID-19 to push a lot of different narratives. Yeah, and in this case right here for Major League Baseball, it's uh, – and uh, listen, they're not in the wrong for doing that because it's, a, it, it's still a lot of uncertainty. I get it. 
But come on, it, what is it about? It's about literally just money now. And, you know, they don't, I get what they're saying. They have a contract. They want to honor the contract that they signed. The owners also want to honor the contract. But how do you honor a contract when you are losing billions of dollars? The optics have changed. Now it's You know time, what they need to do? How, if you're a player, how, do you, how can you sit there with a straight face and say you want your full salary? They need to pay them, or the players need to accept the deal that they're giving them, right? Say if you're if you're worth twenty million dollars and you only get paid five, you're you're out fifteen, right? Sure. They should come up with a way and a scale to defer all this money to once the players retired to where they're getting one million dollars this year, two million dollars this year, so that they end up making that money back, but the sport and baseball can grow as a whole as well. And sure. they can pay it down the line. How how many times have we joked about the Bobby Bonilla contract oh, where he one deferred? Of the greatest jokes of all yeah, time. he deferred payments forever, right? Mm-hmm. He's still getting paid for like another decade. Why can't they do that with all these guys' contracts just for that one year? Yeah, it's a good point. I have a bunch of numbers here I want to uh, talk to you guys about when it comes to the amount of players that are making huge money compared to the because major it's the league, haves versus the have-nots and there's way more have-nots than there are haves. major league baseball has been around longer than any other sport and it's going to be around for a long time it's not like after this year they're going to be super short money why not look to and think about why this. not look into ways to try and reimburse them for playing on a shortened season with this money by deferring money down the line. Think about this: the optics of Major League Baseball. We have our guy Jocko on. Jocko, one second, brother. I just got to get this out there. NFL's king. NFL's number one. We know that. NBA is taking number two. Major League Baseball is three. NHL four. Major League Baseball has an opportunity right now to garner and gain back a lot of their market that has been slipping for the past couple decades since, what, the 90s? You have an opportunity to put your product in front of sports-starved masses. If you somehow got Major League Baseball back, there would be so many just casual fans like, oh, my God, look what they did for us. They were able to bring it back and give us something during, and I hate to say this phrase, these trying times. They have an opportunity, and here they are. Arguing about it. 12 players were scheduled to earn at least $30 million in 2020 in Major League Baseball. The vast majority of Major League Baseball players are making $1 million or less, however. The Yankees, for example, have the highest projected full-season payroll in the sport at $260 million. But even they had 10 players slated to make six figures on their projected 26-man roster. It's a lot of money, Nell. You know? What's the Brewers' payroll? Man, I think it was at 85-ish million. It wasn't just under 90 mil. So there's not a lot of guys scheduled to earn at least $30 million. And if you you do are scheduled to earn 30 mil for a full season, instead of under this new deal, you would be making 6.95 million. If you made 35 million for a full year, you now would be expected to make in this proposal 7.84 million. Dollars. So uh, let's see here. Quote, we had a proposal to the union that is completely consistent with the economic realities facing our sport. We look forward to a responsive proposal from the Major League Baseball's Players Association, an MLB source said. The idea of a revenue share system was a non-starter for the union. 
and this plan is not going over well with them at all. The Players Association was, quote-unquote, very disappointed in the new proposal, and the union says owners are making for massive additional pay cuts. And then over the weekend, uh, there was reports out there that the union intended to propose deferred payments on prorated salaries. Weren't you kind of talking about that now, like deferred payments? Yeah, I think that could be a, a good solution. Yeah. So, I mean, they want to do it, but it sounds like the owners don't want to do it. I don't know exactly the details of it, just because they don't express them. Uh, then they continue on to say the exact figures hinging on how many games were played during the modified season that would determine the prorated salaries. And it stands to reason the two sides could compromise by agreeing, agreeing to a sliding scale of compensation that would see the highest salaries reduced this season and paid back later through deferred money. Sure, a uh, source says Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball Players Association's next negotiating session is not yet scheduled. What so it, they've had three weeks now to talk about it, and if anything, it's sounding more and more like the season is in, more in question, and they have not yet scheduled another negotiating session. I don't think this is really feasible, but I think it would be cool to talk about. We've talked about, we've touched on it a little bit in the past, but just for this one season, you know, signed Bartolo all these, Colon. <laughs> all these all stars don't want their pay cut, right? Mm-hmm. Why don't they? Pay based on performance. I like that idea. Whoever has the best seasons, whoever at the end of the year, because it's half a year, would be the all-stars. Yeah. Whoever, I don't know, whoever has the the most wins gets a bonus. They could come up with ways how they would pay it out. So you, Whoever has the best stats gets paid perform. the most I like, I, on a, on I a like, sliding scale. Yeah, it's never going to happen, but I like the idea. You and know? Then, Let's like, get your, weird with it. Why yeah, your... your uh, Worst statistical players like would get like the league minimum, like the five hundred thousand dollars or whatever they'd be, um, yeah, proposing. But then you'd have like the guys like Mike Trout who always go and ball out and the best player in the league. Maybe he would take home like twenty mil because he was the very best. <laughs> but he doesn't market himself well enough. Well, yeah, I think that'd be a great idea. I have comments from Mark Adonacio that I want to get to, so I'll do that after this break here because Bryce Harper. He's one of the guys that's vocal about uh, oh, he's very vocal. losing the money and not getting paid, even though he signed a huge deal. Mm-hmm. He hasn't necessarily uh, put up the best numbers since that deal, and uh, honestly, a few years before that. So uh, he'd be in trouble if they did it based on numbers. Yeah, but he's got nice hair. Doesn't he? That flow don't quit. Hey, that's all good for his endorsement pocketbook. <laughs> but that's that, a flow that, that don't quit. That doesn't help on the field. This is insane, though. Major League Baseball, think about this. It's been a day over two months since it was supposed to, the season that is, to get underway. We'd have two bus trips in already. Opening day was two months and a day ago. Didn't that get nuts? We would have two bus trips already. It's going to be Mark Adonacio. Here is Mark when it comes to baseball helping heal the country. Let's listen to what he has to say. You know, baseball has played a healing role in this country forever. It's one of the reasons it's the national pastime, uh, whether it's in the aftermath of wars, uh, terrorist events. You know, now we find uh, in the aftermath of a pandemic. So it would help heal the country. And here we are, owners and players complaining. Speaking of the money issues, here's more from Mark Adonacio. We have about $3 billion of a half a season of revenues 
and to pay players at a full contract rate, that would pretty much 90% of that would go to, to pay them and wouldn't cover any other costs. So we've got to figure that out and figure that out quickly. I do think both sides want to come to a solution. Hopefully when there's a, a will, there's a way. What do you think of that, Rowdy? I'm going to play it again for you one more time. It didn't sound that upbeat. No. I'm going to play it one more time. We have about $3 billion of a half a season of revenues, and to pay players at a full contract rate, that would pretty much 90% of that would go to, to pay them and wouldn't cover any other costs. So we've got to figure that out and figure that out quickly. I do think both sides want to come to a solution. Hopefully when there's a, a will, there's a way. So they have $3 billion. 90% of it would go to players if they – you know, did their what prorated? How would they afford? He didn't sound too upbeat or oh, no excited about it getting done. No, 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 no. And here is more of a, from Mark Adonasi on the financial impact of not having fans in the stands. League wide, forty percent of the revenues are live gate concessions, parking, etc. Roughly forty percent. If we play without fans, that forty percent is off the table in Milwaukee because of our enormous fan support. Actually, a larger percentage, and so the challenge of staging these games is, from an economic standpoint, is real. The money issue, man, is not good. If there's no fans in the stands, I just do you even see this happening? I, I, I don't. I, I don't think the owners are going to budge, really. I don't either, and I think I said that weeks ago. Yeah, that you did. I, I I said they seem like they have a pretty firm footing to stand on where the players are kind of the ones that are looking bad because there's just no money out there. Yeah. I mean, I get, I get what the players are saying though. You don't have a league like the major league baseball. If you don't have the player, the type of players that are out there that are getting that kind of money, you know, it's major league. The uh, minor league baseball system has been decimated. They aren't even paying them anymore. Uh, I think it broke yesterday. It's great. I'll read the comments of that coming up. If you, if you knew that minor leagues were being cut and you're probably you probably don't have a future in baseball, mm-hmm. would you be a scab for half a season for a few million dollars? Yes, I feel like they could find players. I'd scab out hard. You don't. There's no minor league baseball system now. You would get the lowest level guy would still make what like half a mil for a half a season, bro. That's some pretty nice money. And at this, and at the same time. If all the top guys aren't playing, the competition's going to be relatively even, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone loves watching. Everyone loves watching competition where the fields are even. That's why everyone loves the NFL because even a bad team has a shot at beating a good team. Where you yeah. watch, you watch the XFL, where it's a newer league, and you can tell and who's you can good tell, and who's not. You can tell there's a gap between players. Yes, like to to have something that keeps your eye, you have to have a competitive game. Major League Baseball, man, they got a problem on their hands. It's money. The root of all evil. John Heyman just tweets out uh, insider at MLB Network. It's no surprise, he says, the union didn't like Major League Baseball's first proposal, and it will be a battle with predictable hand ringing on both sides. There's not a lot of time. Because June 1st is the soft deadline, but June 5th through the 10th is firmer. He says, but remember this. Both sides, the league owners and the Players Association, have too much to lose to blow this up over money. 
That's the thing, right? Well, wasn't there's the, too much money involved. Wasn't the goal that they wanted to start up spring training two by like June fifteenth? Yes, and that's mid June. That's not that's too far up away. Here pretty quick. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, say June first is the soft deadline. June first is in what four days, five days, and then June fifth, tenth is firmer date. And June 15th, which was the day I believe was proposed for them to start getting back into spring training too. That's two and a half weeks. Yeah. It's uh we're time is of the essence here, and uh it's not ugh, it's getting a little trying. So there's too much money. There's too much money at stake for them just to say no. But it does give me a little concern that Major League Baseball, what is what, a month ago, said we're not gonna do prorated contracts because we'll lose more money doing that than if we don't play at all. When uh when when the owners say that Nelson doesn't that raise a red flag for you? Yeah, and I told because I drew a line in the sand like we're not doing this. This is like two weeks ago when I said I feel like the owners aren't going to budge because they got something firm to stand on and the players really don't because they don't have any money coming in. And what else did I tell you? The longer this goes, the less money the players are going to get if they even ever play. Because yeah. think about if they try and hold this out and then all of a sudden they don't start June first through June fourth. And they don't come back till August. Now you just lost another another month of revenue, and for the players, you just lost more salary. Yeah, and the players. I think it was um, Tom Glavin who said it that the players will be the ones that will look the worst in this situation, which is crazy because the billionaires are billionaires. Like they have all the money, and they're already talking about though if we didn't cut salaries, if we didn't, or if we allowed you to do a prorated salary. We would lose money, and we would rather just have it sit idle yeah. because we'd lose less money. Lose less money. It's uh, it's unfortunate that there's going to be one side that looks bad, but here's the reality of it: they both look bad. They got to. I mean, it's, they got to figure something out. It's baseball. It's a it's a game, and it's something that sports starved individuals like us, like Joe Schmo or Jane Schmo out there are desperate for. This is uh this is a chance for them to just really capture more market back. Well, once you say base, I know you love baseball. I love baseball too, but let's be honest about it. Is it third? It's third. Just look at NFL's one, NBA is two. The NFL still holds their drafts. Yeah. During a pandemic and everyone watches it. Yeah. The NBA is a global game. It's in almost it's in almost every continent. It's in, obviously, North America, it's in South America, it's in Africa, it's in Asia, and it's in Europe. Like, it's on almost every single continent. Yep. It's a huge game that's growing globally. We t- we mock LeBron James about it, why he listens to his Chinese overlords, right? <laughs> yeah, because he gets Cause the money. Yeah, because it's a huge global game with a lot of money in it. Yeah. Baseball's falling behind. I kind of like the fact that they don't want to change and they want to like keep it with you know how it's always been. I like I like tradition. I love tradition. I love making lefsa and eating lutefisk as a proud Norwegian that I am. I don't want to change that, despite lutefisk being god awful. It's acquired taste. I like the tradition of it. Baseball, I do like the tradition. But when you are in when I'm eating my when I make my lefsa and eat my lutefisk, I'm not. I'm not making money off of it. It's just a tradition that's been handed down from the family. In baseball, they're in the business of making more money. Isn't that what it's all about? Is 
when you own a business, don't you, isn't your end goal to make more money than you did the year before? So when you want to make more money, you have to change with the times. And do you think this not changing with the times thing is, is, is that why I think I already know the answer, but is that why baseball has fallen down the third in the pecking order for sports? Well, I don't think they necessarily need to completely revamp the whole sport. I'm not talking about revamping, but I'm just like tweaking stuff here and there. I feel like, yeah, small tweaks here and there to at least try something to see if something works. Mm -hmm. Because listen, people nowadays aren't patient. Baseball, once you say, is is a patient man's game. But that's also where I fall into the thing where it's like, if you don't, if you say baseball's too long, you just don't like the sport. Yeah, because baseball. Football games are actually longer. longer. College football is way more longer. Like, so that's where I kind of tend to argue that. Mm-hmm. I, I like the strategy of baseball, but how many, I guess this would be well, a, good, even, even that, a good question for parents. Even that, the strategy, I feel like is this is the most simple baseball has ever been. It's right now. There yeah. isn't as much strategy. That's why Craig Council can look like a wizard when he perfects a strategy in a game. You're a wizard, Craig. There isn't as much pitching changes. They're trying to get rid of that. It's all about getting on base and hitting bombs now. It's not about guys that hit 300 that can nukes. You know, take it to the opposite field. Mm-hmm. Guys that can hit triples. Guys that can steal bases. It's not about that. It's just get on base and let the big slugger hit you in. Yeah. For pitchers, it's all it's it's not about pitching anymore. They have pitch counts. It's everyone can throw 100 miles an hour. It's not as it's not as Crafty, like yeah, crafty. I like that word, crafty. Because it was like, if you didn't throw a hundred miles an hour, but you could throw ninety-two, but you had like a nasty curveball and you knew how to mix it up and you had great location, you could get by. Or like when you get tired, people say like once you hit a, the two times, two different things that people say about pitchers, like when they actually learn to pitch, it's when they start to lose their fastball because yeah. they have to rely. They got, on yeah, they gotta revamp. So they have to revamp. And they find they really find how to pitch. And the other one is once they hit a hundred pitches and they're tired, is when they figure out how to pitch. Now guys are just literally grabbing the ball for as long as they can and throwing as hard as they can. <laughs> and then once that guy's done or he didn't have it, bring in the next guy. Yeah, it's just it's it's a much bodies. It's a much more simple game. There's not as much hitting hitting and run hit and runs. There's not as much stolen bases. There's with the DH, there's not as much strategy, obviously, in the one league. But so that's would you say them while. getting away from strategy is what's had them fall down in the pecking order? Well, I mean, even if you look at even if you look at shifts, shifts were like cool right away, right? Yeah. Well, now guys just continue to hit into the shift because they're trying to hit home runs. Why wouldn't Why wouldn't you have a guy, even though he's a power hitter, try and go the other way? Or why wouldn't you have him lay down a ball? Are you advocating for small ball? I'm just advocating for the best way to get like on base ball. and because def- it, it, it is strategy and, def- yeah. and defeat what the other team's trying to do to you. Man, it's interesting. It's a, what, such a simple game when you look at it now versus what it was prior to all the home runs. Yeah, we're talking about a simple game with no simple solutions of bringing this simple game back. And they need to figure out how to market their star players better because when Mike Trout can walk down the streets of Madison and two people know him. How yeah. big how big of a star is he really? If I were to how play your marketing. If I were to play a Mike Trout audio clip, do you think anyone would know whose voice it was? No. If Mike Trout walked down State Street and there was a hundred people walked by him, you two of them would pick him out. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Mike Trout, the guy who is his stats are just insane. I, I would be 
I would be willing to say that even if you had Mike Trout walking down the street of Madison with a Angels hat on, like the one he wears every day. What if he wore his uniform? Maybe 10 people would pick him. What if he wore his whole uniform? That wouldn't really be fair. <laughs>